0: At Metro, the best deal in wireless is on. Switch to Metro and get one full Amazon Prime membership included every month. Plus, get two free phones from top brands like Samsung and LG with huge HD screens. All with two lines for just 90 bucks. That's the best deal in wireless, only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires porting of eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Limit four per account or household. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.
1: This is the Formation Lab. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the Formation Lab podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Tim. And uh, we're super glad that you can uh, join us today. I mean, holy crap, what weekend. It's special for us because the weekend was obviously... Insane, but uh, we're also doing this on remote, so like obviously our voices are going to sound not great, not the, not the same. Uh, I am currently on the beach in Florida. Tim's at home back in St. Louis, and uh, it is just I mean, it has been a crazy week. And of all the weeks to have extra complication, we have maybe the biggest week of the Formula One calendar so far. The thing so everybody's far, talking yeah. about, we'll talk about it too. Uh, the penalty on Sebastian Vettel, the subsequent, I don't want to call it a temper tantrum. Do you? I don't feel like a temper tantrum is fair.
0: I think he's, I think it was just a, you know, a fury moment, to be honest with you. I, I wouldn't call it a, you know, a temper tantrum by any stretch of the imagination. I think that that's, it's totally reasonable that he would be angry. I mean, as a fan, I'm angry. So, no, yeah. I don't think I would call it a temper tantrum at all.
1: Talk about an iconic Formula One photo, man. When we're looking back in like the 2030s at what we want to remember the 2019 season by, like things we'll remember from it, and like this maybe five-year span of Formula One. That Sebastian Vettel photo of him moving the first-place sign to his his own yeah, empty grid it slot. Was,
0: it was so cool. <laughs> I'll be honest. That with is you. because it it perfectly encapsulated how I felt. It just yeah. that just that one. If I if it was a moment, it's the. Lewis deserved second. He deserved first. Period.
1: I think I think even more so than Bahrain, Lewis realizes that that was that was or Mercedes has to realize that that's second. And I don't want to hop on the Mercedes hate train. I know people are hopping on like, saying, hey, Mercedes shouldn't have protested that, but that's what you have to do.
0: Absolutely, it's Formula One.
1: You right. If you, you can,
0: to- if you have an advantage, you're going to take it, regardless of, you know how other people may see it.
1: But uh, so let's uh, let's rewind a little bit and uh, let's go back to the start of the weekend for practice and qualifying because, whew, I mean, it, this weekend just delivered all around in every
0: session it felt like, didn't it? It, yes, absolutely it did. And, you know, it's starting out with qualifying itself, everything was so... On edge, you know, in the in the practice sessions, you had a lot of crashing, you had Hamilton himself crashing, you had the infallible Mercedes engine, and they brought an upgrade. And then it went bang in the back of Stroll's car. And you know, that's it was you just got this feeling that things were going to be crazy. We got to the qualifying session. And All of a sudden, you know, things were just topsy-turvy. You had, uh, you know, obviously the racing points and the Force Indias uh, getting knocked out. Um, But then in Q2, you had, you know, Verstappen kind of on the bubble and then Magnussen having a magnificent crash. Red flagging the session and not allowing Verstappen to get in a second run. So, you know, he's knocked out in Q2. Botas in Q3 shifts the entire momentum of his weekend by having a spin in the chicane that would ultimately take, um, you know, Vettel with that just absolutely bizarre uh, moment. You know, people are calling it a mistake. I mean, I can definitely see that, but that that chicane kind of claimed a lot of people this weekend. And, you know, I think. For me, you know, that his whole weekend, his whole mindset was messed with because he had that he had the spin where it was a half pirouette and he half spun. He kept the back wheels going and he controlled the slide as only really finished drivers can do. In my mind, they, they have total and complete control of their cars at all times unless something goes hideously wrong. And then his whole weekend was just off his, you know, he, he overcooked a lot more turns trying to uh, catch back up to Hamilton. And uh, then it just, it just didn't work out for him. He had a kind of a rotten weekend from there. I think it just kind of got into his head. And then in Q3, you had Vettel put together what I can only describe as a beautiful lap. It was absolutely gorgeous. And he, Really, really, you know, kind of turned his whole season around with one qualifying session. He was elated afterward. That that press conference, I texted you about it. He looked like he was having fun. He called Lewis Hamilton handsome. It was hilarious. <laughs> Oh, we were
1: joking around. We're like, you know, it's Pride Month over here, and I'm like, Lewis or Sebastian Vettel, just in time for Pride Month. coming up to Lewis Hamilton. It's like he's a handsome man. What can I say?
0: Hey, I mean, game I, recognizes was, game, you know. I mean, and... Lewis
1: Hamilton is a, is a is a handsome man. I mean, I can I can admit that.
0: <laughs> I, I am comfortable but, you know, with it, myself enough. Yeah. I can admit it too. That is one handsome guy.
1: And you know what? It was great because at time. um and I mean, it still is, but at that time you were starting to feel, at least I was, that like, hey, it's okay. I mean, this season has been all doom and gloom and Mercedes this and, and maybe a little bit too much drama. And I'm like, this is becoming fun again. This is a fun weekend, you know? Like, it's not, every story isn't an explosion, so to speak. It's like, this is just fun to watch. It's is good a product. And I thought that I started to see, and I need to see this weekend, was Ferrari might not have it all figured out, but they might have enough figured out to maybe hassle Mercedes and maybe Mercedes didn't figure something out, but Mercedes can be hassled, which is a step forward. And that just made the whole weekend seem that much fun, more fun, didn't it?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, seeing that it's this glimmer of hope that we have maybe a real fight. We're a third of the way through the season. And, you know, everybody's bringing their first upgrades for the engine, Mercedes specifically. And then, you know, it just it sets up this promise that, hey, F1 fans, we promise this next few, you know, weeks are not going to be just a snooze fest with Mercedes running away with everything. You're going to see Ferrari come on song. You're going to see, you know, Renault. I texted you about this too. Renault for the qualifying was well represented. You had you know the Renault team up uh you know you had um I believe P four for uh for Ricardo yeah, if I'm he not was mistaken P
1: four and he finished in P five he was no he, he actually finished had a in cool. P
0: six I believe.
1: Oh yeah, yeah yeah I'm I'm looking wrong at the thing. But you know he had a thing where he said uh he, you know he was up there and it felt great to hassle Botas. And I'm like the it fact was a that cool he put, race it was so good. And unfortunately, the only thing we're going to remember it or the only thing people are going to remember it for is the one incident. And it really sucks because, like, I mean, this is almost as bad as William in terms as of, like, just overall finishing Renault. And they're hassling Mercedes in Canada. I, it, it
0: is – On a true it's, power circuit.
1: Yeah, it it is a magical track and it just delivers, man. It doesn't it though. Oh, ah, I loved so, loved so this good. weekend. And speaking of drama, let's talk out. Let's talk about the qualifying real quick here. Uh, strolls out in Q one. Uh, I believe Räikkönen
0: got out in Q one as well, right? Um, yeah. Or no, but, and or no, Giovinazzi made it into Q two. Giovinazzi made Q
1: yeah Q two, but uh, Räikkönen out and uh, just just because of the time way it timed but q2 saw just magnuson pulling out that red flag he he touched the wall of champions and uh, that's really just a textbook canada crash wasn't it
0: it was and he (laughs) he gave away the evening for his mechanics that was brutal it was a total carnage for that car yeah,
1: we'll talk about Magnussen later because he is uh, one of the bigger stories coming out of here, too. I'd say he's probably the second biggest story coming out of uh, Canada. Um, but that Magnussen crash really had a lot of ramifications. That, you know, Verstappen had to miss out on his final run. Uh, his teammate, Roman Grosjean, uh, had to—it it basically soiled his lap, too. There's a, quite a few people who got hung out to dry on that, and it Magnussen not only took his tea out, but— What's the other? What's like you know, Directive One A is don't wreck your teammate, and he effectively did. You know.
0: He, well, was, yeah, he wrecked a lap, but uh, you know, it was it was that he jo- rejoined the track unsafely, and he was given a five second penalty. <laughs> Sorry, is that is that inappropriate?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I was taking a drink. I have a, I've been working through a cough recently, and I was taking a drink and <laughs> trying not to just shoot Scotty. water all
0: over this desk. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he actually left the track. That's how close the, uh, you, I don't think you could argue he even left the track. That's how close the walls are. I
0: I think, I think touching the wall is leaving the track technically. Uh, Yeah. uh, I think that's, uh, if we're in baseball parlance, it's, uh, you're, you're out, out of bounds. You know, it's like (laughs) just careening into the outfield wall.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, I mean, Hugh, the qualifying was excellent. The race itself comes in and we're geared up for this to see something that we might we thought we might not see this year, but we certainly weren't prepared for Vettel to be that good, right? Like we were we were prepared for him to be that good and for a fight to happen because we had we had a street fight coming out here on the streets of Canada. I yeah. tell you what. I tell you what, I was um getting one lunch- i was at church with friends and i was like i gotta get home i gotta watch this race it's on at one see you and they were like you gotta go watch the race i'm like you don't understand like the fact that ferrari even qualified first was mind-blowing enough to make this appointment viewing and then i'm like i just this is such a huge thing and i told them afterwards because uh i went with the church here to uh, panama city beach and uh, they're like oh did you enjoy the race i'm like I watched what was the football equivalent of it would be the no, missed pass interference call with the Saints and the Rams last year in the AFC Championship. I'm like, I saw the entire game explode.
0: And instead of it exploding, it just kind of stopped happening.
1: Yeah, it and was. It,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So so let's walk through the race, shall we? Um, did Canada deliver a good race? Uh that's the question we want to ask. Yeah, it delivered an excellent race. I mean, v- watching Vettel and watching Hamilton chase down Vettel was insane. And, and until that incident, really, you were watching just some absolute masterclass of, of Hamilton coming down and trying, you know, catching up with him. I honestly think Hamilton had some opportunities. Maybe if that incident doesn't happen, uh, to overtake him. And I think. We, we might have seen one of the one of the best fights of the season unfortunately uh let's walk let's walk through that shall we
0: yeah. Vettel
1: comes up and uh what's what is that that's turn six no uh, yeah turns yeah. turn six six and seven uh canada everybody canada is just five different chicanes and it's hard to remember which one's which um yeah so turn six and seven and he locks up the brakes now Hamilton says he forced an error from the middle, and I don't know if I like that take, but either way, Hamilton or Bettle locks up his brakes and he goes careening into the grass in between the right and left-hander, and he just kind of skids back onto the track and then gets it under control, but they deem that an unsafe re-entry because they think maybe he had control going back on the track. Tim, what, what am I missing here?
0: So, the thing is, is that they they assume a few things when they say that he had control coming back onto the track. The right left, it is a it is an instant right left. The, the purpose of a chicane is to make cars slow down so they don't reach unsafe speeds on the straight. So with the chicane, they go left, they go right and they go left. It's a very short, short space. And... He locked up and just went straight across the grass. I haven't seen the telemetry, so for those who aren't familiar with, uh, you know, IndyCar or F1, telemetry is is the exact data point for if you lift it off or what, how much throttle you were giving or how much braking you were doing or how much turning you were doing. And I haven't seen any telemetry to say, you know, heads or tails of whether or not he lifted off or whether or not he, I don't believe he braked it all, but whether or not he left, let off the throttle. In any case, this is this all happens in the span of under two seconds. It's mm-hmm. to say, you know, and, and I, I completely credit F1 drivers and IndyCar drivers with having godlike reaction times, but to say that he somehow regained and then had enough control to knowingly impede Hamilton... I think is reading way too much into the situation. It's clear that he tries that he does try to arrest the um, slide of the car. I don't think that he could think anything other than please, God, don't hit the wall. And Mm. because the wall is right there too. And the most it made Lewis Hamilton do was lift off and break a little bit. And Lewis came on the radio afterward to say, Hey, you know, He impeded me. If the wall hadn't been there, I would have been able to overtake. Well, yeah, sure, Lewis, of course you would have. But then you would have been leaving the track to gain an unfair advantage, and then you would have been penalized for it as well. It's it's kind of a silly argument.
1: It's also silly to me because the inside lane was open. If Lewis slowed down a little bit or wanted to shift it over onto the inside lane instead of the racing line, he could have easily overtaken Vettel too. Vettel was just. I think when he entered the track on the inside line, you could see his back end give out a little bit. So that to me tells me he still doesn't have control of the car. It's incredibly hard to regain control of the car when you're in the grass. Um, I'm sure anybody who's ever ever driven on lawns can tell you how quick how quickly you know you spin out, you spin your tires. And so I, it tells me that he didn't have control of his car when he went back on the inside line, which tells me that like once he got control of his car he was already more or less on the outside line right like i right. just i think they thought he had control the stewards thought he had control of the car more than he did uh of course the the big gigantic uh say how to clarence for me That's a 10 yeah, dollar trying in to see like
0: down. what he's uh, trying to see what he's chewing on making sure he's not getting any trouble
1: oh poor clarence clarence love you buddy <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway where was I? Oh, yeah, so I think they just they thought he had more control than he did, and, and it blows my mind because usually the stewards are former racers themselves. I don't know who the stewards were this weekend. Usually they're former racers themselves or they're people familiar with racing who know these kinds of things, and I think Vettel said it best when he was talking about what else am I supposed to do. Like I, I didn't put it into the wall. That could have been a very dangerous crash. And I it it blows my mind that he got handed a five second penalty that would ruin the race. I even in the moment, Sky Sports who are Sky Sports, right, are like, oh, that can't be anything other than a race incident. You know? I just a hey, I'm almost I was almost at a loss for words, is what I am.
0: I I was as well, and you know I come down. I'm going to side with the uh, hardcore racing enthusiasts, the curmudgeons of our fandom, and say that I agree. I think they came down too hard. I think that in the absence of Charlie Whiting, we are seeing um, a group of new stewards who are trying to, sit, you know, stick to the letter of the law. And if we're sticking to the letter of the law. That is laid out with F1. That the drive to their uh, to their detriment, the drivers did ask for this, having a complete like a clear black and white rule. This is what we want, mm-hmm. and so that's what they gave to them. And unfortunately, to the letter of the law, they have to give him a five second penalty for re-entering. Although, in my estimation they should have exercised discretion and said this is a racing incident he did lock up and whether or not that's his fault I don't know I can't tell I don't it doesn't look to me that he overcooked it just looks like it just locked up and with tires that everybody's had problems with this season that everybody is making no qualms about their beef with the tires it's every single team that complains about them to have him, you know, the tires just kind of lock up and he does the best with the sticky situation, to me, that's a racing incident, mm-hmm. especially if it, you know, there was no harm, no foul. And, you know, to see the after effect of it was then he got the five second time penalty. Lewis lifts off and just says, I'm just not gonna let him five seconds outside my, you know, sight. And he knew he knows he has it in the bag. He's not gonna get hassled too much by LeClaire behind. Uh, because Leclerc hilariously doesn't know how <laughs> Ferrari doing oh, Ferrari things and not goodness. telling him that there's a five second time penalty. Because if he knew, he'd, he would have been able to close that gap maybe a little bit more and put a little bit more effort into it. Because we know, per the Sky Sports uh, feed, that you know he could have had it within the last three laps, and Leclerc has that talent now. Granted. I will completely grant Vettel. I'm not going to take anything away from Vettel this weekend. He put in the right qualifying. He put in the right race strategy. Um, you know, he did. He turned in what I would expect from a four-time world champion, and that is a great performance. And Leclerc didn't. He didn't turn in. Uh, you know, the the ascendant savior of Formula One type. Uh, performance and qualifying like his teammate did so i was rooting for the old pro and yeah to see it taken away like that is rough and then ferrari continuing to do ferrari things is uh come on
1: so i have a question here and this is something i really kind of want to dissect here so usually we talk about indycar and hill one and we choose whatever leads obviously canada is leading we're gonna hit indycar shortly because we're gonna well, as as in like in a short time, we're not going to cover it very in-depth because we need to get break- – we're not done breaking down Canada. Canada has so much to break down. We're not getting the host, but here's what I want to focus it's on. It's a and it steak a little of a
0: Grand Prix this weekend. Oh,
1: isn't it though? I mean mm-hmm. mm, it is – there's a lot to chew off here. Done medium well. is perfect. Oh, if Vettel locks it up, okay, Hamilton comes and says, I forced an error. I don't buy that. All right. Do you buy that?
0: You know, I I just don't know that it's an error. I know that he was there and that is a tactic that has been used on Sebastian Vettel at that track before and it has worked. But, I, you know, maybe I think is the best I can say. You know, because so I also my, don't want to take it away from Lewis. You know, he had a yeah. good weekend as well.
1: Did Lewis, bow me I have mean, no qualms with Lewis. I thought it was not okay that they seemed to be booing Lewis on the podium. because yeah, um, was Lewis, not cool. Yeah, Lewis did everything he could do, and the spirit of sports is to push everything to the limit and use an every advantage. So I have no qualms with Lewis. So if he didn't force that error, does that mean that Vettel now made an unforced error Yet another one with this Ferrari, with this Ferrari ride he has here. I think I don't I don't know how to read this because I don't want to put fault on either of them, but it's it's one or the other, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I just But thought- you know it's it's one or the other. I just I don't know I just don't know that I'm there yet to say it was an unforced error. It feels like a lock up due to Something else. It didn't look to me like he did anything differently. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, could be wrong.
1: It it might. It might be tires too. I just. I don't want to. I. I honestly. It might just be a no fault thing. But I can see anybody argue. I've seen arguments both ways where Lewis thinks he forces it. I've seen fans say that they think that um, Vettel is does another spin, which really sucks it on such a good weekend for him that we have to talk about a the penalty and b that error and how it focus how it like ties back to all these other races he's doing but I just I I have a trouble giving fault to either driver here.
0: He's- yeah, and you know what? Each one of them has a good argument for their case. I think and, so. Yeah. You know it's just it's just one of those crummy situations because it didn't matter who won or lost after the penalty? The fans lost and yeah, yeah, yeah. you could feel i
1: mean, even here in the states in midwest, you know pretty far away from Montreal, um you could just feel just the the spirit of the race, the fans, there were over three hundred thousand people there on that island, and you could just feel just everybody go. Ugh. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: you could take you could feel the air ripped out of that grandstand.
1: Yeah. In because of the context that it's in too, it's an especially harsh blow because we were prepared to see something so ridiculously incredible and so unpre- unprecedented and unpredicted this season that it, it yeah. It, it, it was hurt. the
0: Titanic fight between two you know, between the nine world championships. You know mm-hmm. the the Titanic fight that we were promised in the off season that we were all looking forward to. We didn't think that we were going to get it, and then all of a sudden, Canada says, "No, we're going to give it to you." Yeah, it,
1: no, though. Uh, hats off to Canada, though. What a track! What a track!
0: Oh,
1: it, every single job.
0: year, it's one that I always look forward to.
1: Well done, good. well done, well done. You want to talk? Well done, Baku. Baku didn't do a good job this year. Canada did a great job this year. Canada delivers.
0: Canada, Canada delivers.
1: delivers. Let's let's talk about the other big story, and that would be the Haas. Haas had a huge disaster of a weekend, <sighs> like my word. It could not have gone much worse for Haas. So, um, at least their their pits uh, didn't go wrong this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they could have had they could have had a Takuma Sato moment uh, in the pits.
0: <laughs> we'll talk oh. about that in a second, but yikes.
1: Yeah, like I said, we'll briefly hit an Indy car, but Takuma Sato, the guy, and it did not look good. But uh, he popped back up though. Anyway, but um, so Kevin Magnussen, uh, as we previously stated, in the end of Q two, I mean, right as the flag drops and they're like finished your lap, uh, Ben just takes it a little too hard into the wall of champions. As you do, I'm sure you've done it in simulators. I've done it in simulators every time. Wrecked the car right there, and uh, I, he trashed that car. I mean that. There's no other way to put it. That car it was, was
0: wrecked, pretty spectacular. It, uh, you know, he snapped the rear suspension. Pretty sure he had to take a new gearbox because, for those that aren't familiar with uh, the anatomy of a Formula One car or an Indy car, um, essentially what happens is the the gearbox and the engine are situated toward the rear of the car, and when you take a lateral crash like that, when it's when the force is Comes in, it essentially forces the the gearbox to jostle around and break, and forces a replacement to happen more likely than not when you take a crash like that. <laughs> Trouble is, he didn't just hit it once into the wall of champions; he hit it in the wall of champions and ricocheted across the track and hit the other side where he did the dominant part of the uh, damage to the front end of the car, where he snapped the suspension there. He Oh, it was just carnage for, the, for that poor car. But essentially, in eight hours, the mechanics for Haas had to rebuild the car and completely do it all over again, which included a, you know, a gearbox swap and God knows whatever else with the suspension and things of that nature. So it was almost like they had to completely build a car. And that's just. Yeah. For anybody in eight hours that's insane they did a herculean task and yeah. got him back in the car
1: for i drive a start. toyota corolla i would be shocked if we could fix that thing <laughs> in eight hours with the amount of damage that was done and it yes like you said he hit one not one but two and he hit it kind of on different sides too so i mean like it was really just like hats off to the engineers to even have a car to race right so that was great job by the engineers but Kevin Magnusson gets a little frustrated, a lot of frustrated, and says, uh, quote, this is the worst experience I've had in any race car ever. That's over the team radio. Like it went out on the Sky Sports broadcast and everything. And when he said that, I immediately thought – I'm like, hmm, I know you're frustrated, but you cannot do that, especially when you made the error to wreck the car.
0: I got just – viscerally angry when he said that knowing the effort that the Haas team Mm -hmm. had to go through to make that car drivable for a mistake he made for him to come out and say, Oh, this car is terrible. You know, it's the worst, you know, experience I've ever had. Dude. (laughs) That's just, you know, if you want to read, like it, it would be, Oh, I don't even know how to explain it. It would be like, you know, uh, a baseball team being completely rebuilt and then a pitcher coming off the mound being like, this is the worst team I've ever played with. Yeah,
1: it's mind blowing. Like, I'm a fan. I'm a guy I like literally I have a host lanyard hanging out of my pocket right now. All right. I know I'm media. I'm not supposed to have favorites. But when I was a kid, I always wanted an American team. Now I have an American team. So I'm going to root for him. But uh I was, man, I, and Kevin Magnuson, I really like him. I really like him as a driver, but that just really rubbed me the wrong way. He was running P-18, it looks like, at the time, uh, only ahead of uh, Robert Kubica. Engineer said, you know, none of us are happy with this space. Günther Steiner comes on and says, it, it means that uh, for us, it is also not a nice experience. It's enough now. That's what it means. Enough is enough. And, like, that was, like you ever have your parent just like sit you down as a kid and be like sit down shut up that's enough
0: it's you know yeah it's it's knock it off grow up be a professional and you know for gunter to, to i i he had no other choice but i don't know that anybody else on that pit wall or in that paddock could you know come on like gunter to do and did and say enough is enough knock it off you know, and really defend his guys because his guys, you know, that wasn't Kevin Magnuson at that moment. He was correcting a driver, a spoiled driver. He was protecting mm-hmm. his mechanics, his engineers, his, his crew. And, you know, for any leader in any position, I think that anyone could really get behind that and say, yes, that was the right thing to do. Well done, Gunter.
1: Yeah. Like you said, he was protecting everybody that was not named Kevin Magnuson and Kevin Ma- Again, Kevin Magnussen is the guy who bend it going into the Wall of Champions. Kevin, it's this is so hard because like I, you know, I've rooted for him for a while, and I want to see Haas do well because you know the American in me, stereotypical American, I know, guys. But it's so hard. But it's like Kevin, sit down, know your place. It's one thing to complain if you haven't, if you've had just you know. All no incidents whatsoever. You had two weeks to prepare for this and the team sets you up with a terrible card. You're just like, this is not great, right?
0: You'd be like That's Lance Stroll thing. last year at Williams.
1: Yeah, right. But it's a whole nother thing when you wreck it and the team works their tail off. And yeah, it Canada delivers with just some absolutely spectacular storylines and some great racing. But uh, I gotta say, Canada, well done. Uh, for me personally, that might have been one of the most entertaining races of the year. I'm almost gonna give it most entertaining F1 race of
0: the year. It's it's that or
1: Bahrain to
0: me. Yeah, I think that and Bahrain are duking it out. And for I think I'm gonna go with this one because there are so many meaty storylines coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, honorable mentions for uh, this weekend are you know Renault Power. Yeah, so you had the Renaults coming up, you had McLaren coming up and doing really well even though you know Lando had a bit of a rough day on race day <laughs> itself um you know it the thing for me for you know to take a step back real quick so so that everyone knows Lando Norris is a rookie this year but for me at Tim STL F1 if you want to tweet angrily at me later um I do it Yeah, exactly. I'm inviting you to. It's an open invitation. For me, Lando Norris is, you know, to to associate him with a comic book character, he is the Spider-Man of the F1 grid. He is smart. He He is smart. He is talented. He is funny. And he's the plucky young guy that almost everybody can relate to on some level. He had a rough weekend because something happened and we don't know what McLaren, I don't think uh, as of this recording on the 11th of June that, it, you know, McLaren has made any mention of it, but I don't believe they, ha- they have come out with an explanation of how. I um,
1: I, I will say McLaren has sent me. We're hopping in on all the teams, you know, press releases. McLaren hasn't sent a press release, anything press wise to tell me what, it, what it is. So, I don't think it's public information what happened, but go ahead.
0: But essentially what happened was he had a brake issue that melted the suspension on the right rear side.
1: Which as somebody – we see fires all the time in racing. I don't know if I've ever seen a melted suspension. That's radical, dude. (laughs) Like that is crazy.
0: It's a new one. I did, I don't know. He's had some rotten luck this season, but he's taken it all in great strides. So you know, he, I'm a I'm a fan. Uh, I I really like the McLaren lineup this year a lot more than I have in years past. Again, I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan of Fernando Alonso, um, which I think we'll get into on like an off season <laughs> yes. episode or something like that. on my reasons oh, why. He-
1: We'll do we should do nine round arguments?
0: Let's do it. Just we want to fight about it. Oh, it'll be but, great. Uh, you'll you, be you'll be Anthony Joshua. I'll be the uh, mechanic <laughs> <laughs> that knocked the transmission out of uh, Anthony Joshua last weekend. Um, but you're a McLaren fan, though. So like- I am. I am a McLaren fan, and I'm excited to see Carlos signs in the car this year. I'm excited to see Lando Norris. Lando Norris has been promised for a long time. And uh I think yeah I think he he is the he is the Peter Parker of uh, of the F1 grid so, so uh, have... but to see him have that issue was kind of brutal. He was taken out early in the race and um you know to say, you know but but overall Renault power is coming good and they are moving their way up the grid and it's great to see yeah
1: i I, I think I like that by the way I like Peter Parker. So we have Peter Parker <laughs> Lando Norris and we have 15 year old fresh with a permit Danny,
0: Danny Ricardo. Uh,
1: I'm gonna back in guys.
0: <laughs> but he was hey, uh, he was he uh, he, he went was, dueling with Botas, which was so
1: cool. It was Please, insane let's have more of that. Talk about, oh my gosh. That is what makes racing great. Is when a team that can do that has done terrible can come into a race and duel the best. I mean, Danny Ricardo obviously finished two spots behind Botas, but really not all that far distance wise. And I he fought Mercedes, the the team that had as many points as Williams, just fought Mercedes and finished ahead of. By the way, of Pierre Gasly, who finished a P8. Like they finished six and seven. That's great. That
0: oh. It was a great result, and you know, I I come into the season. I I am a Daniel Ricciardo fan. I wouldn't say, you know, I'm a I'm a huge Renault guy yet. But I did tell my wife last year. You can anybody who knows her can ask. We did. I did tell her when he left Red Bull last year that we're gonna have to become a Renault household. <laughs> and uh, she was like, "Uh, yeah, you can keep all your racing stuff, but it's okay. It's fine." Um.
1: So I like the idea their wide big conversations of well oh, this i have to become a reno household
0: yep it, yep that's what happened you know in
1: america there's not a whole lot of Renault anything so,
0: so i don't know there how you can going to your reno, a reno it's, household yeah yeah it's nothing. It's, uh, she's like i don't even know what that means you can hang whatever flag no one will know what it means <laughs> um they'll come up and say what is renault welcome to st <laughs> louis
1: Oh, our proud history of butchering French words. Oh, it goes strong, not it?
0: It's our special favorite thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, to see them do well with Daniel Ricciardo, you know, I know that he's been adjusting to the car. I've made mention that he's, you know, per, he may have been made into a better driver with an Adrian Newey car. But, you know, so it was, it, that was cool to see. And seeing Nico Hulkenberg able to get up there and duke it out a bit was cool.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, we'll wrap up our summary of the uh, Canadian GP here with a couple takeaways. So I think one, Mercedes is touchable. They're touchable. Ferrari can do it, but Ferrari has to solve the problem of shooting themselves in the foot. Um, I think that's, that's my big takeaway is man. They look vulnerable. Not of course oh, for the points over. I'll think at the championship is pretty much wrapped up. Unfortunately, But I think on a race-by-race basis, I think the speed gap isn't as big as it once was. So that's exciting. That's exciting for me.
0: It is very exciting. I'm excited to see the rest of the season. There are too many storylines coming out of it that I'm excited to see what happens to them.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think my other takeaway um, is Renault might be better than we've previously seen. Their upgrades are insane. And I think we need to... on uh, the Danny Ricardo might have uh, been super assisted by an Adrian Newey car because I think he proved to me that uh, he drove the wheels off that car so I mean that's one of my takeaways too is Danny Ricardo looks strong Renault looks strong and the fight at the middle of the field is just going to be insane so we're going to transition on over into some awards this is a formation lap with 101 ESPN the formation lap does the award become more enjoyable when that curvy enthusiasm theme song plays a uh, frolic it's called by the way i think it becomes 100 percent more enjoyable with that theme music
0: <laughs> I completely agree i love it and it's kind of uh, it's appropriate for the people we usually award this thing to
1: yeah it, it's not it's not so the rule is it's not like an actual crash it can be but it's more of a bumbling Larry David like mistake that's just a disaster on
0: all fronts. Just a, sh- just just yeah, just a, 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 a crap just a, show. Yeah, yeah, a crap show.
1: Didn't so, go down uh, that
0: road.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we have FCC standards. Not really because we're online, but I could probably get in
0: trouble with work. So
1: we're not going <laughs> to. We
0: we're are gonna... keeping it clean on this on this uh, show. You can play it wherever you go.
1: Yeah, especially at at, at a church camp like I'm at right now. <laughs> So
0: uh, Wreck of the Week nominees, but there's only one of them. You know, we would give honorable mentions to Kevin Magnuson, and, uh, but no, it's only one this week.
1: Yeah, honorable mentions to Kevin Magnuson, to, I mean, uh, Takuma Sato.
0: Takuma Sato, oh. Uh, God,
1: Takuma
0: that was Sato. so scary.
1: But um, I think there's... Really, only one clear-cut winner. It's so much so that I didn't even put anybody else on there. The FIA rulebook and the FIA stewards at Canada. You know what? Have you ever played Fallout Three or Fallout New Vegas, and you make a decision, and that prompt comes up that's like everybody disliked that. <laughs> that is that is what the, what the what the stewards just did. I mean. The cavalcade of all time great racers and pundits that came down and rained hate down on these stewards was second to none.
0: Notably, uh, today uh, Nico Rosberg said Vettel got exactly what he deserved.
1: Yeah, I found that really interesting.
0: (laughs) Thanks, thanks for your two cents, Nico. Appreciate it.
1: I found that really interesting.
0: Uh, Glad you enjoy robbing us of the show.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Vettel. Vettel had some quite, quite some entertaining quotes, but I really like uh, Mario Andretti had a great Twitter quote on it where like, you know, they have to use discretion on it. There was all sorts of people hopping on. I mean, it was I think Mark Webber was on the broadcast just tearing it up. I mean, it was, you know, it's bad when in the, in the moment, everybody in the Sky Sports booth is just like, yeah, there's no way that's a penalty.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait, really? They are we serious? That's a racing incident. Like they're all on the same page. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. It, it was, I mean, I was, it, everybody disliked that. I would say that I, I have yet to see somebody who isn't affiliated with Mercedes. Give that a positive review. So congratulations. Uh, I can't say the French pronunciation of FIA, but, uh, congratulations to the FIA for really just bungling this entire <laughs> ordeal. Ugh, Thanks for
0: ruining the show. We have, appreciate it guys
1: we really do i mean it would have been i it was still a great show but it could have been so much better you ever watch one of those movies where you're like you wasted a great premise for a seven out of ten movie that was that was this i mean granted it was still probably an eight out of ten race but like not eh, seven out of ten is about like right. a
0: like a late christian slater movie yeah i'm yeah. sorry did i say that oh are we recording
1: God. yeah i saw <laughs> i saw a recent one that's still in theaters that i probably don't want to say because
0: <laughs> i'll get in trouble but uh
1: Wasted a good premise. It's a superhero movie about a non-superhero. It's about a villain. I'll let you guys figure that out. <laughs> it, and it isn't X-Men Dark Phoenix.
0: But uh, so let's time. The one that I got almost physically sick at with the yeah. light bulb thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yep, 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 oh. yep. We
1: were talking about Brightburn. We'll have, that, a, we'll have a
0: movie review uh, yeah. episode in the off season.
1: <laughs> oh, we should because we'll be watching Ford versus Ferrari. Exactly. There you go. There you go. So uh, it's time to move it in to <clears> – <throat> Should I do it this time, or should you do it? I, I, I keep it keep the same or change it up here. We're just teasing I, the
0: people. We are just teasing the people. You, I think you know. You you decide. You choose. All
1: right. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do I'll do it this time. Next week you're doing it though.
0: All right.
1: The people's champion.
0: Oh!
1: <laughs> Wind up. <laughs> <laughs> oh you got to be dramatic for the dramatic music so the Love people's it. champion whatever we had the most fun covering whatever everybody just had a good time talking about really uh we have two nominees i know my winner i don't know if you know your winner but uh do you know your winner
0: oh and it's it's hard for me because as someone who is in management I was so glad to see my nominee, uh, Gunter Steiner, stand up for his guys and be a true champion of his people. That is; Those are his guys. Those are his engineers. Those are his mechanics. That's his crew. And to see him come up, that is a true, that, to me, the definition of a people's champion. But I don't disagree with yours. I do agree that it, it should be him this week. Go ahead.
1: Sebastian Vettel. I mean, okay, so... We talked about it at the beginning. I don't want to call it a temper tantrum at the end because I feel like a temper tantrum implies that it's something like a toddler would do, right? A um, oh, rightful outrage and protest. His protest was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Like I, I'm talking like maybe top three ever post-race ceremonies for me, like just in terms of sheer entertainment value, right?
0: It's a it great. Was, it's gonna live on, like you said, for years and years as one of those iconic reactions to over like a like a like a regulation that shouldn't stand. And yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, when you think of iconic F one pictures, I have a feeling that Sebastian Vettel replacing the one and the two on the on the grid, and also him pushing his uh his car, car
0: back in the park for back
1: May. Yeah. back to the park from the park for May. I feel like those are going to live on as iconic Formula One images, like of just pure passion and anger. In fact, I would say that Formula One might even use them in, like, promotional material
0: next year. If they don't, I'd be shocked.
1: Yeah, because it it tell it's about the passion and the drama, and that's really what draws you to the sport. Is the storylines in Formula One are second to none, and we got like a prime rib of story and just juicy lots of meat on this bone oh
0: and if no, if if no one else if f1 doesn't do it certainly the ferrari fans the tofosi will have this live on forever because if they love mm-hmm. nothing else they love passion and that was an impassioned moment of fury from a driver who felt and rightly so wronged by the rules um if that made sense rightly so wrong whatever I'm not an English yeah, major. Yeah, <laughs> um, I didn't get my degree in that but you know it's it, it is it is going to be uh, a perfect moment in the 2019 history and um, I'm glad I got to watch it live
1: I'm I am incredibly happy to have been privileged enough to watch it live like I just watching that unfold in real time was like one of those you're witnessing history moments, and it was it was glorious. I mean, I'm one, personality-wise, I'm a good – I'm a fan of a good old old-fashioned crap show, right? Like bad movies, bad anything. Like when, when crap hits the fan, I want to watch. But not only crap hit the fan, but it felt like a collective fan base's frustrations just kind of got taken out, and everybody was behind it. Everybody knew it. Um. Even, even Lewis Hamilton inviting him up onto the top of the podium, Classic um, move. that was a great move. That was a great move. I think Hamilton knew – Hamilton, I think, had to go through all the interviews saying, well, I forced an error in this and that, right? I think yeah, he I knew, don't think though- he
0: could say anything else. Like he obviously said – I do believe he said that uh, if he were in Vettel's shoes that he would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And But he said that he intentionally did it. I'm like, Egh. yeah, you know, Again, yeah, I, I don't know, but –
1: I don't know how much of that is backing his team, though.
0: Exactly.
1: It could be a lot of that, but uh, Sebastian Vettel, our people's champion. I mean, it everything that did, and he didn't come across as whiny. He just came across as angry, and I think that Fist was off. perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah, you got
1: to see all the things. Netflix is probably salivating. All right. Um, I that episode is gonna be bonkers
0: next year. Th-
1: it might take up three episodes, by the way.
0: I will. <laughs> I will hang on to my Netflix subscription just to see that.
1: Oh, my God. It will be incredible. Also, can we give a a, a special shout out? Whoever the cameraman was who followed Sebastian Vettel all the way around the paddock, around the pits. And captured
0: his face when he decided to switch the signs. He looked over. He kind of adjusted his nose a little bit. And said, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this." Like he got that on camera; it was perfect.
1: That was there's a subreddit called Kill the cameraman that was praise the cameraman re- material. Like,
0: honestly, all you killed the cameraman.
1: Yeah, that cameraman. I mean, just great job, great job all around, guys. Well good, well done, well done. Well done, ca- cameraman. Baku, not so much. So those are your awards. Um, other than that, I mean, not a whole lot of racing uh, going on this weekend. Next weekend, uh, I believe, is Le Mans. And uh, that will be, I mean, just a, a butt-numbing experience. i so excited
0: for the GT oh, class. So, oh, you know, the Corvettes against the GTs. Oh, my God, it's going to be awesome.
1: I'm not even a Ford guy, but the Ford GTs are some of the sexiest cars on the planet consistently. Oh, there's so,
0: mm. It's going to be one of the last times we see the front-mounted V8 on the Corvettes. You know, they're going to be yep. mid-engine soon, sooner rather than later. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to see one of the best engine noises ever, Google or go to YouTube and look up the Corvette at Le Mans uh, and... Just listen to it howl. It's gorgeous. Chevy always outdoes themselves uh, with the Corvette.
1: Yeah, and I was at the twenty-four Hours of Daytona earlier this year, and I know you were insanely jealous. And uh,
0: I mean, I mean, just looking I mean, at the cool stuff. And and a hometown guy had a car in the race. Uh, supplement Superstores, Andrew Frisella, uh, who has yeah, his own podcast, right. had yeah, a Lambo in that race, and I'm just like, yeah.
1: Oh, we were we were cheering so hard. But I was at the twenty-four of Daytona. We'll have to get you involved next year. And uh let me tell you, man, it I love Formula One, I love IndyCar, I love the noises they make, but there is no better noise at a racing event than hearing the symphony of like forty different engines come across, forty different types of engines. The BMWs are quiet, the Lamborghinis are loud, the prototypes will blow your ears off. It is a symphony of just engine noises and it is truly something you have to experience and also if you haven't experienced a 24-hour race in which you can go to bed wake up in the tent take out your earplugs and be like those are still mostly the same guys who are racing like it is a certain
0: happen you're gonna go first you're gonna go to the nearest tent you can find and be like okay did anybody really mess up last night like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it it is Yeah,
1: it is really great, and the pace of just being able to walk the whole grounds. If you guys are listening in Europe, if you're listening in America, if you're listening in Europe, go to, to go to Le Mans once. You yeah. owe it to yourself to do it. If you're listening in America, go to the 24 Hours of Daytona, the 12 Hours of Sebring. Just once, and just experience that form of racing, because to me, that is the ultimate. Um, and I,
0: I also think that someone who is looking to elevate their fandom – she owes it to themselves to watch Le Mans. It mm-hmm. is, um, if I could put a more of a French uh, on it, uh-huh. on that uh-huh. I went thick with that that accent. But if watching Le Mans is one of the highlights of my year, um, just because it's so iconic, it's such a classic. And you're right, you go to bed, you know, you wait, you sleep for a couple hours, you wake up, you turn it back on, you hope, you know, your guy's still doing all right, you want to check in and you're ready to dial back in. It's a very unique sporting experience.
1: Words cannot describe how much I love class racing. When you have multiple classes on the track at the same time, even if it's not a pass or position in the same class, there's always action on the track. It is great. Everybody go watch it. It's the off week for Formula One. IndyCar's finally taking an off week. It is. I mean, really, it. it you. Get, everybody should watch it. it. Le Mans is one of the highlights of the year. So
0: it anyway. absolutely is. And you know, the for me, the LMP classes really aren't all that interesting anymore. The which is a shame. Right. The the GT classes. That's where it's at. Um. You know. Be it going with the pro uh, classes. You have. Um, Chip Ganassi, uh, racing going there and with four, uh, four GTs game on. I cannot wait to watch. That's going to be such a cool event.
1: It will be. So let's actually kick it into some, uh, news. It's time for the news. If I can do my best, uh, James may here. Some interesting quotes, uh, from everybody's favorite man named after a piece of safety equipment, helmet marco over the week uh leading up to the canadian grand prix i warned you that was going to come and you still laughed <laughs> that's, that's great. his name's
0: helmet but again no, yeah, not, to, um, not to discount he is an incredible genius
1: he is incredible he is an absolutely phenomenal uh phenomenal man and a phenomenal force in the racing industry but uh His quote, uh, this is from, I think, uh, Sportfair. I found this on Reddit. I haven't been able to find it anywhere else, but it seemed pretty spot on. So he goes, quote, At the moment, Mercedes has a huge advantage thanks to this stupid change with the tires. There are nine teams who have difficulty with it and only one team that knows how to profit from it. At the moment, the lap in which you warm up your tires is more important than the lap in which you drive the qualification. So let's pause it there. To me, that already is enough. That's a that's a damning praise or damning Indictment. Indictment. That's thank you. Damning indictment of the state of the tires is one of the forefront minds in this sport is like it's messed up when you're warming up your tires is more important than actually driving. Um I think everybody wants to see on track action and that is just it's a disaster.
0: It's, it is disappointing, although um, I would like to press timeout right now and thank the good folks at 101 ESPN for giving us a traveling quote translator. Come on, this is awesome. Oh man. Um,
1: Our budget just increases all the time. Traveling they're quote so translator. they good to us. Oh, it, it is um, truly, thank you, everybody at 101 ESPN. Haas, thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: To me, it says, dear Pirelli, you're ruining the sport.
1: Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm reading, we're just mad at Mercedes because they're winning.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they knew that going into this year that Honda was going to be on the back foot a bit. It was a development year. They kind of took a step back, kind of like a baseball team does when they need to retool the roster and the yeah. lineup and, re- and put new pieces in place. Um, you know, to to me, it says more that no team can get this right why don't you go back to the thing that everybody liked?
1: And and that's and that's the thing here is we're we're pausing we're midway we're not even midway we're like a third of the way through the quote here. But that's one of the things to me too is there should you're a tire manufacturer if you're Pirelli you're not in charge of competition you know you're not that's not your your duty to fix right. So if nine out of ten people can't figure out your darn tire and it's leading to lopsided races that's on you you know mm. that's that's not yeah and it the
0: is... only time the tire manufacturer should ever be brought up is if you know the the driver says hey it was great cuz and that's it you should you should mm-hmm. want to be in the background you shouldn't want to be talked about at all yeah and You know, when Pirelli first started to be the exclusive manufacturer, you had all those delaminating issues and everybody wanted to burn Pirelli at the stake. And it was, you know, the pitchforks were out. It was bad. And now, you know, last year, okay, yeah, they had a little, you know, a few too many tires. And this year they said they were going to, you know, uh, uncomplicate the, the line. But they went ahead and made it worse because now you have hard medium soft but you have c1 c2 c3 and you know you really had to get in the weeds to understand just what they're bringing but you know it's it is one of those things where if you're right if on, if only one team out of 10 can get it right and even then they complain about it to no end i mean i you hear hamilton say guys these tires are terrible and you know and botas saying guys tires are no good you know because that's how <laughs> botas talks like yeah, I, I love that guy Um, but you know, it's, it's a problem and you know, they should kind of get on top of that. Maybe if they have to bring back the overly complicated line of tires with every, you know, color available, that's fine, but do something that all the teams can take advantage of turn on and get going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I was, I was just going to pop in and say, I've given up on trying to follow the tires from year to year, to year, man. I understand it, but like, man, if I were a new fan, I wouldn't even care. True Formula One fashion to make things even more complicated when you try and make it less complicated.
0: Way to go, F1. Well done.
1: (laughs) All right, so uh, continuing on the quote here. Uh, At the moment, uh, the lap which you warm your tires is more important than lap in qualification. If you don't get the tires at the ideal temperature, you're ruined. If at some point we have the fastest car in the field and the safety car enters the track, the tires cool down in such a way that we're the bobbin. I'm American. I've never... I have no idea what bobbin means, but I get, the, I get the gist here.
0: I get it's not good.
1: Yeah, I get it. I, we're toast. The adjustment to the tires came after a request from Mercedes because they always had blisters. That's interesting. This is how the sport is ruined. Okay. That last sentence is, yikes. This is how the sport is ruined when he's talking about the tires. And he two, just
0: reiterated the point. He made that same point two or three times in this one paragraph.
1: Mm-hmm. But – to have it so direct it's ruined to have it so direct is one thing. And also the, the adjustment came after a request from Mercedes because they always had blisters. I'm thinking here, I'm thinking if you're Pirelli and you have one team out of 10 coming to you and saying, Hey,
0: and make this one change that only we want. The only and then they're what? the only ones that can make that tire work. A team that, that already dominates, good. by the way, <laughs> a team
1: that yeah. already dominates by the way. Like it, it's kind of mind-numbing. Like, it's why would you do that? Yeah. It. Yeah. Yikes. So we'll continue. We'll pick up on the uh, helmet Marco quote later. But while we're on tires, there's reportedly a large contingency of teams lobbying for a change of tires. Uh, they need a seventy percent vote in favor to get Pirelli to give them the the previous year's tires, is what I understand. So, Tim, let's let's form a brain trust here real mm. quick, and let's think. About the teams, the 10 teams, who's going where, all right? Mercedes does not want them changed. No way, no how, right? Mm. McLaren probably doesn't want them changed because McLaren McLaren is currently fighting for best of the rest. They don't want to give... They might not have it entirely figured out, but they have it more figured out than Haas. They have it more figured out than Racing Point, right? So I think McLaren's yeah. happy with where they are. I Obviously, Ferrari, Red Bull, their customer teams, Haas, Toro Rosso, they're they're wanting it changed. But I think,
0: I, yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I think McLaren is, has figured out how to make them work. Maybe if they can make their brake ducts work, then they'll be you know in fighting shape. Um, you know, and they don't melt their suspensions. I think Mercedes alone will keep that from happening because of their customer teams. Uh, Williams wants to keep Mercedes happy. Uh, Racing point wants to keep Mercedes happy. Um, And McLaren will want to stay pat. So I don't think there's a 70% buffer in there and, you know, Helmut Marco and Red Bull might be all against it, but you know, the, it seems that, you know, enough other teams want to want the status quo and don't want to rock the boat. So um, they're going to go along with, the empire's decision.
1: Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think we're running to into one of the foreseeable problems with these customer teams is the big teams, the big boys, are all of a sudden able to sway the sport because they have the weight of two to three teams behind them. And I think that's an interesting problem the, that I don't manufacturers think...
0: manufacturers we... have too much power, and I think that's a routine mm-hmm. issue that we're seeing across the board.
1: And something I don't think we we quite I didn't quite envision when you know Red Bull started to have the Toro Rosso team way back in the day, and I'm like, mmm, I didn't think about that. But now all of a sudden, Mercedes swings some weights around, though, you know. And
0: it, unintended I, consequences.
1: Yeah, yeah, it hurts. But if I'm Williams and I'm sitting here, I obviously want to keep Mercedes happy. But the fan in me goes, "What does Williams have to lose?" They're not getting the best, they're not getting the best, you know, Mercedes engine. They're obviously not doing anything
0: with it. But they, Um, they are probably getting some financial backing from Mercedes for taking George Russell.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, and Claire Williams owes a lot about, a lot of her position to the recommendation of Total Wolf. Uh, Total Wolf, uh, it was, um, you know, she, in an interview that she did, she talked about how Toto, uh, you know, kind of set this all in motion and then, and had a, a meeting with Bernie Eccleston where he convinced her to do it and he was supposed to be there on time, but Bernie wanted to be on his own to talk to her and convince her to do, to take over as team principal. And apparently Toto called and said, Hey, don't hate me. I'm running, I'm going to intentionally leave you there for a minute and then come in. And he convinced her, Bernie being the ever the salesman, um, convince her to take on the position which you know depending on how you look at it hasn't gone great but she does owe a, a debt uh in that way to total wolf and the mercedes family for backing her for taking over as team principal now um how long that'll go i don't know you know it's it, it, f1 and politics are a fickle thing um but you know i don't see them breaking with mercedes on anything
1: yeah, I could. I, yeah, I would. I would agree, but the fan in me wants them to, too. and that's that's the sucky thing, isn't it? Though, is like you you want As someone who better... likes
0: privateer teams. Yeah, it's that, kind of a bummer to see the privateer team follow the manufacturer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's is. it is what it is. It's a bummer, but yeah, they, they just they're not going to get it. Mercedes owns three teams alone, and McLaren is really the only one, and McLaren can do nothing but hurt their position. We know they're not better than Red Bull or Ferrari. No mm-hmm. offense to McLaren, because McLaren have been having an
0: excellent year,
1: but they're not. Compared a to van. where
0: they've been hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And if I'm as a McLaren fan, I don't want to see him go backward. So, but that's um, the
1: only thing they can do if they change the, if they agree to this is they can move backwards and give all their competitors an
0: advantage. Yeah. But I think the real meat of the news section is the second part of the quote. Yes.
1: Yeah, so let's move on with helmet Marco here. All right. So, This is just a a brief little blurb here on this quote, but they asked Helmut Marko about the possibility of losing Max Verstappen, and uh, he said, That is clear, but at the moment, there is only one winning car, and that is Mercedes. So they've given off this portable translator. Uh, You want to pop that into the portable F1 translator?
0: Yep, and it is reading out, Mercedes wants our driver, and I'm upset. So... Yeah, it looks like Botas may not be in as great a position, or Ferrari uh, may also have some guys on the move. Who knows? Yeah,
1: it sucks, too, because I think Max Verstappen... Without Max Verstappen, Red Bull gets a lot worse, a lot, lot worse, because they... we have to go
0: outside the organization to bring in a driver, and they don't like doing that, but they need that top talent.
1: Maybe Kvyat, but Kvyat has proven he's not really effective. Here's the thing, too, is we've ragged on Pierre Gasly all year, but Red Bull have been staunch and and strict in saying like, no, he's actually been an average driver for us, and he's given us some great drives, some good feedback. And it turns out he's not bad, but Max is driving the wheels off the car, which I don't know if I buy that. But if what they're saying is accurate, then I you're also dealing- kind of
0: think that that's complimenting Max. To make him that's, happier.
1: That's true, but if what they're yeah, that's that yeah, but if what they're saying is accurate and Pierre is just the middle of the road driver, um, replacement driver, let's replacement driver, right? Then you're dealing with two Pierre Gaslies all of a sudden, two guys who are now finishing
0: instead
1: of you know third, sixth, eighth as drivers, and Red Bull is going to take a serious step back. I just I, – it, it would be a tough position for Red Bull, and I don't Im- imagine that Max Verstappen, if he's offered a Mercedes drive, can ever say no.
0: I don't think anyone on the grid would say no to a Mercedes drive. No. Yeah, I, w- too, I wouldn't say. too big, but I would be – Mercedes would be gravely mistaken to get rid of Bottas.
1: I think so too. Protoss to me seems like the perfect win of Formula One. He takes Respectful, takes it for the team,
0: and he can keep Lewis honest. Um, you know, but who knows? So
1: I uh, didn't put this on here, but uh, the circuit per- the circuit at uh, Zandvoort is uh, redesigning their uh, final turn. So. They have the famous Turn One, which I think is called the Tarzan Turn, mm-hmm. and uh, part of their F1 renovations. We've all thought, how are they gonna, you know, increase the overtaking? Tarzan Turn One is infamous because the outside line is as even as the inside line; like it takes the equal amount to get through. But the turn right before it, which we've seen on board laps, kind of feeds directly into a wall. Actually, is a high-speed turn. They're going to give it. I think they, they said an eleven-degree bump final turn into the straight i know i didn't put this in here but tim i want to hear your reaction for banked turn in an f1 not just a bank turn 11 degrees is pretty it's pretty hefty
0: i'm like a little kid that sounds awesome that's that sounds like it's going to be a blast i don't care you know that's going to be that's going to be a ton of fun and it's also going to put kind of put their claims about the aerodynamics and sucking the car to the ground to the test a little bit Um, so yeah, bring it on. That sounds great.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually it's not even 11 degrees. It's 17 degrees, which is almost twice that of Indianapolis. 17 degrees. They said is, uh, the same bank as Brazil. Uh, and I'm like that. So, and, and that, that last corner feeds of course onto the front stretch, which of course feeds onto that turn where both the inside and outside lines are supposedly perfectly even. Um, That
0: sounds I think like that's a great. great
1: setup. Yeah, it sounds like a great setup. I think Zandvoort might be onto something here. The problem is, is I've heard Pirelli aren't too keen on, hey, let's bring an F one car back onto the banked tires or onto banked, uh, onto banked corners. Yeah, after- but everybody's
0: mad at Pirelli anyway. They'll let them be angry. That's fine.
1: Uh, they uh, that's a good point. I mean, how much further can you dig yourself down, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. It, uh, really, Pirelli, it's, you're going to be fine. Um, yeah, but no, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, uh, that we have that, uh, it's a little bit of IndyCar news. It was kind of a slow week in IndyCar. We'll talk, cu- we'll talk about the DxE in j- 600 in just a second. Uh, Alexander Rossi, I don't know, uh, if you noticed, I'm, I mean, I imagine you would, he ran a green paint scheme with Capstone GESS, which as a Rossi fan was like, why are you not in the blue and yellow Napa
0: car? Right. right. Uh, and that's, I think that's going to be my newbie question of the week to you is why are we running different liveries through? Cause I saw the pageno had a different livery mm-hmm. for the double GPs. And I guess there's a banked thing and a GP thing maybe cause he, I'm confused and yeah. I, I don't like seeing, it's just like, I, I expect the Napa know-how uh, paint scheme to be Rossi mm-hmm. and you know, for them to uh, maybe next time put a, uh, a seizure warning before their uh, social media advertising with the napa know-how yeah yikes. Scheme, it's just flashing yellow and you're like oh god um so you know but uh, that's what i expect to see and yeah. i expect to see the day glow of Pagano's car and nothing okay yeah so
1: um the the answer would be uh as with nascar really the sponsors are really fickle about i want to be on for this long i want to be on for this long i want to be on for a minimum of 10 races this race that race right and which means that there are naturally sometimes some uh, gaps in the sponsorship one two sometimes sponsors will come around like capstone and GESS. i hope i'm pronouncing that right it's all capital GESS. so i'm pres- assuming you pronounce the uh acronym and not a- as guess but uh Sometimes they just want to – they want to throw extra money at the grid, and they want to say, hey, run this scheme for us for a week. Or sometimes, too, it's a local thing. Napa is requiring you to run it at so many races, including Indianapolis and this place and that place. And Capstone is hypothetically – I mean they aren't really, but suppose Capstone is a Texas company. Texas company hops in, and they're like, we want that. So – um it's just it's a money thing, really. Fair uh job. Capstone Capstone and GESS are the full time sponsors of Colton Herda though. And Colton Herta uh ran with that had the uh is running them full time. Okay. Colton Herta is running Capstone GESS full time. Apparently the sponsor is still in on Hurta full time. He just wanted to, quote, spread the love around and raise awareness of their business and the sport on uh, a couple occasions. So Rossi will be, was green this race, and he'll be green in Pocono uh, okay. later this season. So Napa's still around. The Napa know-how, because I consider that, one, Rossi's paint scheme. There's been a lot of cars that have that paint scheme, but that, to me, is Rossi's. And two, I think that's his signature look now. They, like That's just what he drives, right? It's like mm-hmm. Tony Stewart driving anything other than an orange car, right? <laughs> he looks weird. like
0: yeah, exa- mm.
1: yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's just one of those things. Uh, speaking gotcha. of Rossi. Yeah, so speaking of Rossi, he had a interesting race. He his car started out uh, I think he started in P11 uh, off this grid, but his car just kind of turned into a rocket over the course. And I think his engineers or his uh, spotter said as much. He goes, Man, you know, just tuck this thing in, you'll get you turn it into a rocket. But it wasn't a rocket enough. Joseph Newgarden took the checker flag at Texas this year. Joseph had a really solid race. Really? We're mm. like, we're going to blast through this by the way, to the listeners, because we're, we know we're running late and, uh, my boys are about to come back from service and, uh, it's going to be loud all over in here. So, but, uh, Joseph Newgarden, you know, he is quick, but Rossi just couldn't get around. He kept trying to go outside on the quad oval, which by the way, side note, they kept calling it the tri oval on the, uh, on the uh, broadcast there's two little kinks there it's a quad oval there's four corners guys come on now that's amateur hour stuff it's quad <laughs> oval not that it makes all that much of a difference but yeah, that's fine uh, but uh, rossi kept going around the outside and i think it highlighted the aerodynamic problems that we saw perhaps at indy this year where you can get close you just can't quite get a run up as much as we'd like because rossi would come out and he'd just suddenly not have the speed to pass new garden on these yeah. final turns and it was it was kind of a bit of a disappointing end but all in all it was a pretty good race i would say so yeah.
0: and a I, nice cap to the last few weeks of IndyCar racing yeah um, which, that that they've turned in some of the that goes toe to toe with the entertainment factor of f1 for sure so yeah these these at least four, for me it's been a blast
1: yeah, these three weeks where you have indeed Detroit 1-2, and Texas are just – I mean it, it's been a blast, and I'm going to miss it next week. I'm going to miss yeah. not being able to turn on I am kind of
0: glad, though, that Rossi, Newgarden, pagano you know, they can all take a nap because oh they've got to be it, just beat.
1: It has to be exhausting. Uh, it's also got to be exhausting to be uh, Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon, <sighs> him and Col- – First off, I he's amazing.
0: You, yeah, like he assume, really is amazing. I know we like to tease him and say he's got no. like a surgically implanted horseshoe somewhere. But that guy's amazing.
1: Yeah, like I he has just had a rough a, a rough couple weeks. I mean, he sits fourth in the championship, of course, but he's a 100 points behind Joseph Newgarden. And I don't know if you saw the move Colton Herta made right on the outside of Dixon. I know really a slant but colton Herta makes a move to the inside of dixon actually going into turn three and just takes them out both and poor scott dixon we talk, like i said i mean we respect the heck out of scott dixon we just rip on him because the man has a horseshoe <laughs> straight up his butt because he is one of the luckiest drivers i've ever seen but it seems to not be working so much he didn't work in Detroit one. Sure as heck worked in Detroit, too, but it didn't work in Texas. He got taken out uh, with, I think, 19 laps to, left to go. He was running top 10. It hurts his championship it was, points.
0: It hurts his champion. It hurts my heart to see. Yeah, it's like, it okay, come on. It, that horseshoe, may, does he need to rejuvenate it somehow? Come on.
1: Yeah, I, it hurts, too, because, I, like, I've— I've wanted him to not have that luck, especially because I'm a Ross. I'm kind of a Rossi guy. Yeah. I wanted him to not have that luck this year, but I don't want him to have bad luck now. I just want him to be Scott Dixon. Mortal. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I want him to be mortal because I mean it for the Formula 1 fans who tuned in to start this episode, Scott Dixon, the way he races is like if a Mercedes won every race, but Mercedes also started from the back of the grid and it was because Ferrari. Just always bend it on like, the last lap. It's because like,
0: it was it was Baku 2018. Everybody wrecked everybody else, and it, crazy things happened. Yeah. That would there, be
1: why. There was a moment in Portland last year where, like, eight cars, probably an exaggeration, but, like, eight cars just r- go off track, this, that. Scott Dixon is in it, and somehow everybody, like, a ton of people were totaled. And Scott Dixon pulls out fine. And he went on to like finish second place in the race. Have Rossi al-
0: also in Texas pulled off a Scott Dixon move and. Yes. Threaded that needle. On Holy that, cow!
1: on that. I mean, we saw, we saw it. I don't think I've ever seen that. So like, but Herta and Dixon are right in front of him. Herta takes out Dixon. Um, it was just a racing incident. I heard it came down low and lost it, and they yeah. were just running side by side.
0: That's just oval racing. FIA. It he doesn't get a five-second time penalty because it was a racing incident.
1: No, no, exactly. I, IndyCar let it go. That was beautiful, but uh, way to go, Indy. Rossi, Rossi dodges left, and whoo! The reaction time. Oh my goodness, that was incredible.
0: Was I a, really... was that was a clincher. You're like, Ooh. yeah, that was a butt clincher. It.
1: Speaking of butt clinchers, uh, Takuma Sato, rough day at the office. He hit his pit crew member. I hate to see that. And we've seen a a few pit crew members get hit over the past few weeks, including an Indy. And it's just like this was the worst
0: I've seen, even though I think he's okay, He's it sounds like he's okay. And what a champion. He got up and kept going with the pit stop. That's a people's champ right there. He's our nominee next week. Holy cow. That was awesome. Moly.
1: Yeah, seriously. I mean, that was a incredible, incredible uh job that's by like him to for, get back up. But
0: Yeah, that's like for those who aren't familiar with how painful that could probably be. Uh that would be like in baseball getting beamed in the head and going on with your at bat or hitting yeah, like was, Mike Matheny uh when he was with the Brewers getting beamed in the face, spitting out his teeth and then getting and then instead of walking off like he did, getting back up and cranking a home run.
1: Yeah, that's like, that's,
0: that's the level we're talking the, about.
1: The force that they hit that the cars can hit you with at Indianapolis two weeks ago, broke a man's femur. <laughs> like
0: it hurts. That was a slow speed thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't as quick as, as Sato. And I tell you what, when you heard that thud
0: coming off there, you were just like, <clears throat> yep. Oh, and, and the thing is, I'm is that
1: very thankful. Everybody's okay.
0: Yeah. I you know, we both are and, you know, and it's, and it's happening to to Sato where it, oh, you just hate to see it. You know, he's he's such a great driver. Yeah. So
1: I think that's about it. I mean, uh, sorry to our IndyCar fans. We saved the DXC 600 for the last, but, I mean, come on. That that F1 race was absolutely wild. So uh, that's going to wrap it up. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of personal note. Tomorrow the Blues play in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup. That is going to be Donkers. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm sure, every I'm sure – if there's not an episode next week, everybody, it's because St. Louis has burned itself to the ground.
0: Uh, it's like because some people are trying to push the arch into the Mississippi, even though it's in the Mississippi right now. The Mississippi's kind of flooded.
1: It's a it's a wild time to be in St. Louis, isn't it though?
0: <laughs> it's interesting.
1: But, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, gotta love this city.
0: The formation Lab.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for sticking through. We really do appreciate it. We had a bit of technical difficulties. I know you guys could hear it. Uh, it. turns out putting 2,000 students on the same hotel Wi-Fi is a terrible idea. Who would have thought? So we had a little issues cutting out. We try to make it as listenable as possible. We really do appreciate you guys listening to us. Next week, we'll have a packed week. I mean, we'll goof around. We'll have some talk about Lamar. We'll talk... Uh, to an ESPN guest he had made him I made him watch the Canadian GP which really he's the lucky one I mean if I'm being honest and uh he'll give us his impressions we'll talk about the future of Formula One and uh it should be just a phenomenal week once again I really do appreciate you guys sticking through it's been a, a joy talking to you guys so thank you thank you thank you peace
0: At Metro, the best deal in wireless is on. Switch to Metro and get one full Amazon Prime membership included every month. Plus, get two free phones from top brands like Samsung and LG with huge HD screens. All with two lines for just 90 bucks. That's the best deal in wireless, only at Metro. Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires porting an eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile network or active on Metro in the past ninety days. Limit four per account or household. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a twelve ninety nine per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. It's the greatest time of the year in sports: NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. Betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use promo code podcast1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Your online sports book experts.